Hey, what's up? I'm Garrett. And I'm Ashley. And this is The Dead Spot. Alright, so what we have here is I'll be talking about how Last Meals came to be offered to the folks who were sentenced to death. Like famous deaths? Well, I mean... Famous people weren't really sentenced to death, so... Well, not famous, but, like, famous serial killers. Um, yeah, I mentioned something about that later, but... But we'll start back in England in the 16th century, where it's believed that the concept of the last meal began. There was a long list of offenses for which someone would be eligible to be condemned to execution by hanging back then, most of which were minor by today's standards, including insulting the king, stealing a chicken, and, of course witchcraft stealing a chicken they would hang you for stealing a chicken yes chickens are very important can you imagine being hung having your neck snapped uh, i i <laughs> wouldn't want to do that doesn't that sound like a terrible way to die yeah that's probably why they kill people that way yeah hmm. prisoners in england in the 1500s were held at london's newgate prison and then publicly hanged at tyburn a manor in middlesex county in 1571, the Tyburn tree was created as a form of gallows, made of a horizontal wooden triangle supported by three legs, each approximately 12 to 18 feet high. The tree, quote-unquote, was constructed to allow multiple hangings at once and were therefore used for mass executions. One such instance was on June 23, 1649, when 23 men and one woman were hanged simultaneously on charges of robbery and burglary. The Tyburn tree was used for public executions until June 1759, so just over 110 years, uh, when Catherine Noland, convicted of literal highway robbery, was the last person to be hanged there. While prisoners were held at Newgate Prison, they were only allowed bread and water. While on the three-mile trek to their final destination at Tyburn, wealthier prisoners received better treatment than poorer prisoners, as you would expect. So, like, today, yeah. when rich people go to, like, rich people prison? Yeah, of course. Like um, Todd Chrisley. Oh, sure. And, <laughs> you know, my In the situation. situation. <laughs> oh, and they were offered to stop off at a pub alongside the guards and executioner, which became known as the hangman's meal. So, this is kind of the start of your last meal practices, because the rich ones were allowed to go eat a meal with the hangman so wait the rich ones were on their way to be executed and they were like let's just stop off at this pub real quick yeah i had to get a hot dog real quick a hot, i don't know if they had hot dogs then uh sausages i don't know aside from offering comfort to the condemned it's believed this practice was used to reinforce the idea that the impending execution was not personal against the prisoner and that the hangman was just there to literally do his job to hang people hold uh, on do you think this is where that hangman game came from uh, you know that game you played like as a child? I mean... Where you had to like guess the word. Or you die. Or you die. Yeah. Yeah, it's probably like exactly how it happened. Like they were probably allowed a chance to be, what do you call, excused from an execution if they could like guess all the letters in a word. And if they didn't, they just died. I mean, I doubt that saved any of them. Well, I guess most of them didn't win then. Accepting a last meal while with the executioner suggested that the prisoner is symbolically forgiving the executioner for simply serving their purpose to the state. 
So basically, like, hey man, let's go, let's go grab a bite. I know you gotta do what you gotta do, and I'm kind of shitty, so I deserve this. But you know. Wait. So they grab they grabbed a bite with the actual person that was gonna kill them. Yes. I don't think I'd want that. Oh. I'm sure you got to know a lot of people before. I'd be like, cool, there's a lot of other people I'd like to spend my last days with, and the guy who's going to kill me is not the person I would choose. You would? You'd be like, cool, man, now that we're homies. Well, I mean, mean, like like we said, it wasn't just for comfort, but, you know, I'm sure maybe it calmed him down a little bit instead of just meeting a faceless man. I guess, like... Knowing, no, no, knowing who's gonna kill me would not bring me any comfort. His logic seems backwards. Well, it was also what did I say, sixteen hundreds. So who knows? Well, the guy's getting killed for stealing a chicken. Remember? Plus, like, wasn't everyone killed for witchcraft in the sixteen hundreds? Yeah, who wasn't? The idea of serving a last meal to prisoners arrived in the U.S. sometime in the nineteen thirties. Similar to the hangman's meal. The purpose of a prisoner's last meal was to show that the executions, no longer public, by the way, were impartial and humanely carried out by the state with also freshly new execution methods. Gone were the days of beheadings and hangings. Welcome to the golden age of quote-unquote humane execution methods. Electric chair, a gas chamber, and then lethal injection, which is the main method used in the United States today. Okay, but which do you think is worse? The electric chair? Or, what was the other one you said? Uh, gas chamber. The gas chamber. And lethal injection. Yeah, but which do you think is worse of those two? Because lethal injection, don't you just, like, get paralyzed and go to sleep? Well, I'll mention... Like, it's not really painful? I mean, I'll get to that part, also, (laughs) but basically, with pretty much all of these execution methods, there was, um, what do you call, room for error, and sometimes they wouldn't properly work. Like, did you ever see Prison Break when that guy's about to be electrocuted? No. Alright, well, never mind. But he's about to be electrocuted and it looks horrible. Spoiler alert. Um, so, fun fact here. The electric chair was invented by Alfred P. Southwick, a steamboat engineer and dentist from Buffalo, New York. But, like, who comes up with this shit? They're like, let's kill someone by literally electrocuting their entire body. Well... He thought up the idea that electricity could be used as a form of execution after he read a story of a drunk man who touched a live electric generator and, you guessed it, died. Fucking died. <laughs> but I would never see someone get. That'd be like if you saw someone get struck by lightning and you're like, yo, sick way to kill someone though. Well, I mean, I'm sure he died like instantly, you know? So that's probably why he's like, yeah, that's a humane way to do it, you know what I mean? Like, quickly. Except it sounds painful as fuck. Yeah. Yeah, that's the point. So, this guy first tried his method as a way to euthanize stray dogs. Oh my god. Why is it always the dogs? At the Buffalo SPCA. Oh my god. At the SPCA? Yes. (sighs) You You know, those dogs are just trying to get adopted. And this guy is just like, hey, let's try these methods on on these dogs here. Well, they were stray dogs. So? You don't think stray dogs want homes? I mean, not when... That's why they're stray. Not when Alfred P. Southwick was around. That son of a bitch. He quickly turned around and published his ideas to use the electricity as a method of capital punishment on shitty people instead of dogs. That did nothing wrong and just needed a second chance. (laughs) 
Southwick also opted for a chair to use to perform the procedure in because he was a dentist. Of course he was. So he's like, hey, I work around this chair all day, so might as well strap somebody in and juice them up with electricity till they, till they die. Jesus Christ. But the first officially recorded execution using the electric chair was August 6th, 1890. At 6.38 a.m., William Kemmler, convicted of first-degree murder in the death of his common-law wife, whom he had killed with a hatchet after an argument, oh my God. entered the execution room in front of 17 witnesses. It's like an episode of Dateline. Well, sure, if Dateline was around in 1890, I'm sure it would have been. Yeah. Kemmler remained composed and did not scream or cry or resist as he was strapped into the chair. Kemmler reportedly said, Take it easy and do it properly. I'm in no hurry. Don't they... When they get electrocuted, I don't know if you're going to talk about this, but don't they, like, lose all their bowel movements and everything? Well, I mean, that's just what happens when anybody dies, you know? Yeah, but doesn't it, doesn't it happen, like, when they do the lethal injection, too? Yeah, anytime you die, because then your body shuts down, and then you just let loose, you know? <laughs> cool. Something yeah. to look forward to. Sure. So... So if you ever find me dead, I'm sorry if I pooped everywhere. Yeah, it's it's okay. <laughs> Get over it. I mean, I meant the poop, not your death. <laughs> anyway, uh, Warden Charles Warden Charles Durston then said goodbye, William, and ordered the switch to be flipped on. The chair was charged with 1,000 volts of electricity, and the current flowed through Kemmler for 17 seconds. The power was shut off, and William Kemmler was pronounced dead. But, but, witnesses noticed he was still breathing. Oh my god. After the attending physicians observed that he was still indeed alive, Dr. Edward Spitzka, I assume that's how you say it because it seems pretty Polish. Don't even tell me he just flipped that switch right back on. Oh, he sure did. He ordered that the current be turned on again. The second time now, 2,000 volts of electricity flowed through William Kemmler's body and ruptured blood vessels under his skin. Some witnesses even claim that his body caught fire. Kemmler's autopsy showed that the blood vessels under the cap of his skull had carbonized and the top of his brain had hardened, so he was quite literally fried. Oh my god. So you hear things like this and then you're like, cool, maybe I would rather be hung, hanged. Yeah. So, like I said, every method has some way to go wrong, really. But this one just sounds horrible. Yeah. Because, like, if you go in the gas chamber, don't you just, like, fall asleep? But just like the Green Mile when he didn't wet the sponge. And then he just cooks the guy. You know? The entire execution took approximately eight minutes. Afterwards, one one reporter reportedly reported. I, I actually wrote that down. Wow. <laughs> you know? Allegedly reported? Re- really reported. Definitely reported. A quote, they would have done better using an axe. Okay, seriously, or just, like, cutting someone, like, go go back to the guillotine. Um, or be, like, you know, in Game of Thrones when Ned gets his head chopped off. Sure. Uh, do you want to guess when the electric chair was last used as a form of execution? God, probably, like, 1980. Uh, the last time an electric chair was used without any alternative choice was in Alabama on May 10, 2002. But. Are you kidding me? But. 2002? But, and of course it would be in Alabama. But the last time a prisoner was executed via electric chair was February 20th, 2020. 
20? Where? Uh, Tennessee and several other states still allow the condemned to choose between electrocution and lethal injection. Like, who would willingly choose the electric chair over lethal injection? I'll tell you who. Nicholas Todd Sutton, responsible for murdering two acquaintances and his own grandmother in 1979, chose the electric chair. He chose the electric chair. He was probably like a sadist. Or what are those people that love pain? Um, A masochist? Yeah, that sounds right. Um, Like, who kills their own grandma? But then again, who kills anyone? Sure. Nicholas Todd Sutton does. Uh, A few decades later in Nevada. Nevada? Nevada? I think it depends what region of the world you live in. We would say Nevada, but I feel like that's not right. All right. Well, whatever. In Nevada, in 1921, the gas chamber was adopted as an approved form of capital punishment. When the gas chamber was implemented in the U.S., it was considered to be the most dangerous, most complicated, most time-consuming, and most expensive method of execution. The first execution carried out via lethal gas in the U.S. was on February 8, 1924. G. John was born in the King Dynasty in 1895 and immigrated to the U.S. between 1907 and 1908. He was sentenced to death for the murder of an elderly member of another gang in Nevada on August 27, 1921. A makeshift gas chamber was constructed in the butcher shop of the Nevada State Prison at Carson City. Warden Denver Dickerson sent his assistant to pick up 20 pounds of lethal gas from Los Angeles, which cost $700 at the time, which is about $11.5,000 today. G was strapped into a chair inside of the chamber, 11 feet long, 10 feet wide, 8 feet high. Witnesses could view the chamber through a small window next to the chair as guards told him to brace up as G openly wept. At 9.40 a.m., a pump began to spray four pounds of Prusik at... I should have looked that shit up too. A.K.A. hydrogen cyanide into the makeshift chamber. The gas pumped into the chamber is visible to the person inside who is advised to take several deep breaths to expedite the process. Once inhaled, the toxic gas works its way through the body... The condemned person often convulses and drools and may also urinate, defecate, and vomit. So to answer your earlier question about shitting yourself, uh, he did that and more, apparently. I definitely would shit myself. Uh, Probably before I even died, because I would be so afraid. Well, I told you that's how it works for everybody, so it'll be alright. Yeah, but I'm talking like I would be so scared that I was about to die that I would shit myself. You wouldn't. You would just be like, well, sayonara. Be like, let's go. Let's wrap this shit up. (laughs) Well, because if you get in that spot to begin with, you're probably a a psychotic person who murdered a bunch of people. Or what if you're an innocent person who was framed? Yeah. That's not what this is meant to, you know, (laughs) we're not talking about that here. We're just talking about hypotheticals. All right. Next. Okay. Um, The most infamous application of hydrogen cyanide is Zyklon B, which was used in the Nazi extermination gas chambers. Because the temperature inside the butcher shop gas chamber was 52 degrees Fahrenheit instead of around 75 degrees, the acid began to form a puddle on the floor. G appeared to lose consciousness within seconds as his head continued nodding up and down for several minutes before falling completely motionless after about 10 minutes. So it was a very slow death for G. John. So this was created in America and then... Did the Nazis end up, uh, like, adopting it for World War Two, and all the concentration camps? Or was, like, everyone using gas chambers? 
It must have been around before that because they just made their own. Well, I didn't know if they were like, oh, they're using this for executions in America. We'll use it, you know, to kill off a whole group of people. I mean, there's a whole other thing about, you know, where the Nazis got their gas from and all that stuff. So, G's body was removed from the chamber at 12.20 p.m. and taken to a prison hospital where an autopsy was not performed because of a concern that any stagnant gas within his body could be released. G was 29 years old. By 1955, 11 U.S. states adopted the gas chamber as their main form of execution. The last execution carried out by gas chamber took place in Arizona on March 3, 1999. In the late 20th century, lethal injection had gained popularity as a more humane method of execution than electrocution, gas chamber, hanging, and even firing squad. Well, yeah, I mean, who's going to choose a firing squad? Like, hey, you guys going to shoot me? Go. You know what? Funny you say that. Why? Because I just added a part about it. Oh, you did? Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I'll get there. Uh, lethal injection was first proposed by New York doctor Julius Mount Blyer in January 1888, who suggested it was cheaper than hanging, but his method wasn't used due to several botched executions. Lethal injections were also utilized during World War II by those stinking Nazis again as a method to execute prisoners. Nazi Germany developed the Action T4 Euthanasia Program as one method to dispose of, quote, life unworthy of life. Action T4 directed Hitler appointed officials to select patients deemed incurably sick in order to offer them a mercy death and became a precursor to the Nazis implementing gas chambers. Later, in May of 1977, Oklahoma State Medical Examiner J. Chapman proposed what he referred to as Chapman's Protocol, and reads as follows. An intravenous saline drip shall be started in the prisoner's arm, into which shall be introduced a lethal injection consisting of an ultra-short-acting barbiturate, which is a central nervous system depressant, in combination with a chemical paralytic. Um, in most states, the injection is a series of drugs administered in a specific sequence intended to induce unconsciousness, followed by death through paralysis of respiratory muscles and or cardiac arrest using three separate injections. First, sodium thipental or pentobarbital. Mm-hmm. You got that? That's you know what that is. That paralyzes you? That's the anesthetic agent that renders the person unconscious in less than 30 seconds when given a high dose. Oh, right. Yeah. That's the one that puts you to sleep. Even without the following two injections, this alone could result in death due to lack of breathing, i.e. opioid overdose. Then comes the pancuronium bromide. That is a muscle relaxant causing complete, fast, and sustained paralysis of muscles, including the diaphragm, to eventually cause death by asphyxiation. And finally, potassium chloride. It increases the blood and cardiac concentration of potassium to stop the heart via an abnormal heartbeat and cause death by cardiac arrest. So realistically, one strike and you're out. Texas began use of the lethal injection on August 29, 1977, after previously using electrocution. A few years later, in December of 1982, Texas became the first U.S. state and territory in the entire world to use lethal injection to carry out the execution of Charles Brooks, Jr. Charles Brooks, Jr. and his accomplice, Woody Lowers. How about Charles Brooks, Jr. and his accomplice, Woody? 
kidnapped a mechanic <laughs> during a test drive from a used car lot. They drove the mechanic, David Gregory, to a motel where he was bound to a chair with coat hangers, gagged with tape, and shot in the head. Wait, how do you get bound to a chair with coat hangers? Um, Like, which coat hangers? Like, the metal ones? Yeah, they were probably the metal wire ones. And I you would just, think. like, bent them? Sure. To fit your arms and legs? Sure. Well, they probably, like, you know, wrapped them around. I don't know. Yeah. I would like to know how that works. Yeah, well, I guess I should have did more research. What are you going to do? But it was coat hangers. While neither man admitted to which one of them pulled the trigger, the death penalty was sought out for both of them. Woody, I guess we'll say, his conviction was eventually overturned on appeal and entered a plea bargain in exchange for a 40-year sentence, which he was paroled out of after serving 11 years. Wait, hold on. So they killed this guy. The other guy takes a deal, gets Uh off death row, Uh and gets out after 11 years for killing someone. Okay, I don't know if you can see my face right now, but... Yeah. Why are you allowed out of jail after 11 years? How do you go from death row to getting out after 11 years? Currently, all states in the U.S. utilize lethal injection as their primary method of execution. Yeah. All right. Why did you just say it like Uh, that? I don't know. But, so with that, we get to the last meals. So, why do the death row inmates get a last meal? I mean, as I previously mentioned before, it's believed that traditional that the tradition dates back to ancient Greece when gladiators would partake in a final meal ahead of entering the Colosseum to meet their fate and was considered to be a celebration of life before their impending death. Some also believe that the last meal offering is in relationship to the Last Supper, wherein Jesus shared a final meal with his 12 disciples before he was to be crucified, as told by Christian beliefs and traditions. In the U.S., The meal is provided to the prisoner a day or two before their scheduled execution date, and most states refer to it as the, quote, special meal. And they can have literally anything they want in the entire world. Mostly. So if you were like, I would love a burger cooked by Gordon Ramsay, Um, they would get that for you? I mean, they have restrictions. Like, you have to be realistic about it. You know what I mean? Well, mostly. But, I mean... Like, what if that was the best thing you ever ate in your entire life, and that was what you wanted your last meal to be? Well... They'd be like, hmm, too bad. Like I said, some most places have restrictions and stuff like that, but the, uh, the budget for a last meal request varies by state. In Florida, the meal can cost no more than $40. What? But $40? It, but in Oklahoma, the limit is set at $25. $25? So you're going to McDonald's? Yeah. You can't even get, like, a good steak for $25. I mean, no. you can, but... You can get a lot of chicken nuggets. You can't get any sides. $25. Are you kidding me? Get a lot of nuggets. Cheap asses. Uh, Texas abolished all last meal requests oh, after... of course they did. After white supremacist Lawrence Russell Brewer was condemned to death for his involvement in the murder of James Byrd Jr. in 1998. Brewer, along with two other men, dragged Byrd, who was a black man... For three miles behind a pickup truck on an asphalt road. Okay, I was like, this sounds really familiar to me, and after you said that... Yeah. That makes sense. I mean, the end of it made me realize I have heard about it before also. Um, Bird was conscious for most of the ordeal, and was killed when his body hit the edge of a culvert. You know what that is? No, it's a culvert. Is that like a hole? Well, it's like when you're driving down the road, and it's like the ditch with the big pipes in it for like draining like by your workplace 
that people uh, drive yeah, into yeah, when yeah. it's snowing when outside. It's snowing. Anyway, that's that's a different talk for a different time. Uh, his right arm and head were severed from his body when he hit the, the edge of the culvert. The white supremacist murderers continued on down the road for another one and a half miles before leaving his body in front of a black church. What is wrong with people? Hmm, racist. In September of 2011, Lawrence Brewer was to face execution by lethal injection. Brewer's last meal request included two chicken fried steaks with gravy and sliced onions, a triple patty bacon cheeseburger, a cheese omelet with ground beef, tomatoes, onions, bell peppers, and jalapenos, a bowl of fried okra with ketchup, one pound of barbecued meat with half of a loaf of white bread, three fully loaded fajitas, a meat lover's pizza. Listen, there's no way he's eating all this. One pint of bluebell vanilla ice cream, a slab of peanut butter fudge with crushed peanuts on top, and three root beers. Well, you said he didn't get a last meal, right? Uh, they stopped, Texas stopped doing them after this guy. Oh, because he ordered an offer like uh, five families? The entire meal was presented to Brewer and as per his lengthy as per his lengthy request. Brewer ate exactly none of it and told officials that he wasn't hungry. This guy sounds like a fucking asshole. Oh yeah, you know, they, they killed well, the I mean, guy because he was black, so... The meal was discarded, and so too was the practice of offering a last meal request in the state of Texas. But, let's have a look at some other notable last meal requests made by some of the worst people to have ever lived. Yeah, tell me some famous serial killers. In the U.S. at least. I don't know how famous they are. Uh, We got Joseph Mitchell Parsons, 1999. Executed in 1999 for murdering a man with whom he hitched a ride, presuming to have killed Richard Lynn Ernest to, quote, fend off a homosexual advance for which he could not provide any evidence to support that claim. This guy sounds familiar, too. Like, I've heard about this. Or, this was just a lot of killers during this time. They'd be like, that guy tried to come on to me, so I killed him. Yeah. It's, um, that was used as a defense somewhere for a while, I think. But... Um, in addition to a last meal, Parsons also requested a final walk under the stars to play basketball and to watch sci-fi films. His requests were granted, but he was only permitted to shoot some hoops in a fenced-in rec area as opposed to the gymnasium because the authorities had concerns that if he injured himself while doing so, it would delay the execution. Hmm. Yes, you heard that properly. Hmm. Uh, delay an execution due First, to injury. Yeah, that doesn't even make any sense. He's going to die anyway. They're, what does it matter? They're going to end the guy's life anyway. Can't send him to hell for all eternity with a broken arm, I suppose. Guess not. After his nighttime stroll and his private b-ball sesh... Private b-ball sesh? <laughs> he, he watched The Mummy, starring Brendan Fraser. Oh my God, great film, though. Classic. You know, you know I love that film. Classic. It's a good film. And just for the record, it's pronounced Fraser, not Fraser. Do you think that's when he was at his peak? Or was it George of the Jungle? Uh, I think they're around the same time, so... Yeah. I think George of the Jungle was first. I mean, probably, but... I feel like most people know Rick, whatever so Mummy, though, is. great film. Yeah. And the second one. Yeah, not the Scorpion King, though. No. no, that was weird. Yeah, it's no good. That was weird CGI. Yeah. Um, let's see. So this guy shared his final meal with his brother and cousin, which consisted of Burger King hamburgers, 
french fries, milkshakes, root beer, and chocolate chip ice cream. So he must have had like the $25 limit. Um, where was this guy? Or was it the $40 limit? I didn't mention where this guy was from. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know, maybe. Um, it's believed he chose Burger King as his final meal due to their slogan, Have It Your Way, as symbolism for him taking control of his own life. By killing someone and now being killed? Yeah. Well, he just ate all that shit and now he's going to die, so he wanted to... Mm, I don't really get the logic, but alright. Yeah, I don't know. Gary Carl Simmons Jr., 2012. Jeffrey Wolf and his girlfriend drove from Houston to Mississippi to collect a drug debt between twelve dollars and $20,000 from Simmons and Timothy Milano. When they arrived, Simmons and Milano told them they did not have the drugs or the money, which resulted in an argument. Milano shot and killed Wolf, and Simmons tied up Wolf's girlfriend and told her that her life depended on, quote, how well she performed sexually before raping her and forcing her into a footlocker. After raping Jeffrey's girlfriend, Simmons went to the bathroom to dismember and disemboweled his body with knives he used at work before he and Milano scattered his remains in a bayou behind the property. Jesus Christ. Wolf's girlfriend managed to escape, ran to a neighbor's house, called the police, and Milano was sentenced to life for capital murder and 30 years for kidnapping while Simmons was sentenced to death. Simmons' final meal consisted of... A medium super supreme deep dish pizza from Pizza Hut. Oh, dude, I want a Pizza Hut pizza so bad. Well, we just got them back, so A maybe. supreme pizza from Pizza Hut? Super supreme. Some, I don't super know what that supreme means, deep but dish. that sounds good. Uh, ten packs of Parmesan cheese. That is really weird, but I also love cheese, so I get it. Ten packs of ranch. A family-sized bag of nacho cheese Doritos. Mm, gotta have your chips. Eight ounces of jalapeno nacho cheese, four ounces sliced jalapeno peppers, two large strawberry milkshakes, two cherry cokes, and one supersized order of McDonald's fries with ketchup and mayo. I guess you got mayo with it. Oh, and ketchup and mayo. Oh, and two pints of strawberry ice cream. Mm. He requested that his pizza be made with double servings of tomato sauce, mushrooms, onions, jalapenos, and pepperoni. With a regular serving of cheese, olives, bell peppers, tomato, garlic, and Italian sausage. Would you like to guess how many calories? <laughs> no, probably like 2,000. Um, how about 29,000? Holy shit, 29,000 calories? Nearly 29,000 calories. It's unsure exactly how much of the meal he actually ate. Anyway, um, Gerald Lee Mitchell, 2001. Charles Marino age 20 and his brother-in-law Kenneth Fleming 15 met up with Mitchell in a Houston park to buy some weed when he offered to make the deal with the boys he pulled off he oh my god he pulled a sawed off shotgun on them and forced them to drive to a vacant house after demanding they hand over the car keys and cash which was total $25 Mitchell forced them to sit on the floor where he then shot both of them with the shotgun from approximately 10 feet away Jesus Marino was killed, but Fleming survived, and a witness identified Gerald Lee Mitchell leaving the house. Later the same day, Mitchell shot and killed Hector Manguia, 18, when he refused to hand over a necklace. Mitchell was 17 years old when he committed these murders. Gerald Lee Mitchell's final meal consisted of a single pack of assorted Jolly Ranchers. Mm, Classic. That's it. 
he was only 17 when he did this? Yep. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. Like, I wasn't out killing people. As, well, ever. But I wouldn't even think to do something like that at 17. True. Uh, we got Thomas Joseph Grosso in 1995. Grosso strangled 87-year-old Hilda Johnson in Why her Tulsa. Why is it always the old people? Because uh, they're easy targets, I guess. So, Unless they're, they're like vulnerable. that older lady we saw the other day. They're vulnerable, if you will. So this guy strangled 87-year-old Hilda Johnson in her Tulsa, Oklahoma home with her own Christmas lights on Christmas Eve 1990. Wow, man, that's really fucked up. He stole $8 from her purse, $4 in loose change, and sold her TV set for $125. In July 1991, he murdered 81-year-old Leslie Holtz, a man who lived in the same Staten Island boarding house as Grasso, also by strangulation. He then stole his social security check. Grasso was convicted in the murder of Leslie Holtz and was sentenced to a 20-year-to-life sentence in New York, which does not have the death penalty. He was then extradited to Oklahoma, where he pleaded guilty to the murder of Hilda Johnson and was sentenced to death. Wait, Oklahoma, that's where they have $25 limit? Uh, that sounds right. I wonder what he got. Tell me. That must be currently, because this guy, he requested 24 steamed mussels. Okay, that by itself is like... Eighty dollars. Twenty-four steamed clams, a Burger King double cheeseburger, six barbecue spare ribs, two strawberry milkshakes, pumpkin pie with whipped cream and diced strawberries, and a can of spaghettios with meatballs served at room temp. Ew! A can of spaghettios with meatballs. At room temp. Like, did you ever have those as a child? Um. Think so? Not a lot. Ugh, we used to have them all the time. I hate. I don't want to ever see one again. I mean, it's like one of those foods that your parents used to make you eat all the time when you were a kid. Now you hate it. Yeah, I just. I don't think we usually got the meatballs, but um, while the prison authorities fulfilled his request nearly perfectly, Grasso wanted to be sure that he let the world know that his final. Oh my god. <laughs> <sighs> okay. Grasso wanted to be sure that he let the world know with his final words that he didn't get exactly what he asked for. Quote, well, these these are his last words also, so. Um, quote, I did not get my SpaghettiOs. I got spaghetti. I want the press to know this. So he can say anything he wants and he's mad about his SpaghettiOs, which aren't even good, by the way. Yeah, and he got spaghetti. Oh, my God. What a loser. All right, man, yeah, but... So this was my quick addition. Um, so Brian Kohlberger, the Idaho college killer guy. Oh, yeah, recently. Um, he's charged with the murders of four Idaho college students in 2022. And well, is currently... I was going to say, allegedly. He's not yeah. convicted. Uh, yeah, that's why charged with, I said. So just to clear that up. And is currently awaiting trial in which it's assumed that prosecutors would seek the death penalty. If convicted and sentenced to death, it's possible that Koberger could be executed via firing squad if the state is unable to obtain the drugs needed to carry out the lethal injection. You know what? I think I did hear somewhere that he wanted to be executed via firing squad if given a choice, which is very interesting to me because that wouldn't be my first choice. The last firing squad execution was carried out in Utah in 2010 to execute Ronnie Lee Gardner, who murdered bartender Melvin John Otterstrom during a robbery at the Cheers Tavern in Salt Lake City while under the influence of cocaine. Gardner had chosen that method over lethal injection because there would be no mistakes. 
Yeah, so. but isn't that like a... Well, how many people are in a firing squad? I'll let you know in a minute. Oh, okay. In the case of Gardner, he was restrained in a metal chair with a hood covering his head. Sandbags were arranged around him to absorb ricochets. The firing squad consisted of five anonymous volunteers who were certified police officers. The officers stood 25 feet away from Gardner and aimed at a white target positioned over his heart. One of their 30 caliber Winchester rifles was selected at random and loaded with a non-lethal wax bullet, so it would be unsure or uncertain as to which of them fired the fatal shots. The firing squad used a countdown starting at 5 and simultaneously fired just before the count of 2. Oh, so... Hold on, sorry. So, someone else loads their guns? So none of them know who actually has the bullet that kills him? Right. Well, I mean, I guess I wouldn't want to know. Yeah. But then again, I wouldn't volunteer for that because that sounds (laughs) sad. Yeah, well... I... Whatever. Would you volunteer for something like that? I mean, no comment. You would, wouldn't you? No comment. <laughs> um, let's see. While it was difficult to see blood against his dark blue jumpsuit, a medical examiner removed the hood and pronounced him dead at 12.17 a.m. on June 18, 2010. So that's how the firing squad works. So in keeping with the theme here, Gardner's last meal included steak, lobster tail, apple pie, vanilla ice cream, and 7-Up. See, now that sounds like a last meal. Yeah. Unlike... A bag of Jolly Ranchers. Uh, yeah. Also, meanwhile, we got a tornado going on outside, so... (laughs) It's like a hurricane out there right now. But, so, what do we got here, otherwise? Uh, so, some last meals from more well-known and infamous people include Timothy McVeigh. Oh, the bomber. Yeah. Uh, with ties to western New York. I've always heard about, I forget where, but... Uh, two pints of Ben & Jerry's mint chocolate chip ice cream. That's it? That's it. Eileen Warnos. Who is that? Uh, she was that lady serial killer that murdered, um, what do you call, Johns that would pick up prostitutes. I don't know if I know her. All right, that's fine. There was a movie about her with Charlize Theron, Monster. I don't think I ever saw it. All right, anyways... Her last okay, meal. Sorry to let you down. Uh, she did not have a last meal. She declined her the last meal request and simply had a cup of black coffee. Uh, John Wayne Gacy. Have you ever? I've heard of him. Okay. Um, he sounds familiar. Yeah. He got a dozen deep fried shrimp, a bucket of original recipe KFC chicken. You know what? I was just going to say. He looks like a guy who would have KFC for his final meal. Well, he also owned. A couple of them, I think. Okay, Um, well, I didn't know that, but he just looks like someone who would go to KFC regularly. Why? Because he's fat or because he's a clown? I don't know. I just look at him and that's what I see. Hmm. That's the vibe. Uh, The KFC chicken, french fries, and one pound of strawberries. P.S. His final words before his execution were officially recorded as, Kiss my ass. Yeah, I've heard that. Ted Bundy? Declined a last meal, but was given a traditional plate of steak, eggs, hash browns, toast, milk, juice, and a cup of coffee. He ate none of it. James Edward Smith infamously requested dirt as his last meal. Who's James Edward Smith? Uh, he requested dirt as his last meal. Yeah, but like, what did he do? Murder, probably. I don't know. But, you know, again, I don't do enough research. Anyway... <laughs> 
it was denied, as you might expect, and he was instead given one cup of yogurt. Wow. Get uh, dirt or a cup of yogurt. Philip Workman, executed in 2009 for the murder of a police officer in Nashville. That would be Tennessee. I guess I'll just clarify Nashville, Tennessee. Uh, Workman denied a last meal and instead requested that a vegetarian pizza be no- donated to the homeless people in the area. Prison officials denied the request, but the community banded together to donate pizzas to local homeless shelters as per his wish. Listen, that makes me mad. Like, don't kill someone and then be like, oh my god, I'm this great, yeah, I'm this great person now who's gonna donate my last meal to the homeless. Get out of here. Bye. Well, the people in the community did it anyways. Um, Adolf Eichmann. Oh my god, I thought you were gonna say Adolf Hitler. Well, no. (laughs) There's a whole other thing about that, but, uh, this guy was a key organizer of the Holocaust. Um, his last meal was a bottle of red wine. Cool. And to end on a lighter note, not involving murder or execution, here's a few documented final meals of popular icons from the past. Okay, let's hear it. Elvis. Elvis. Presley. Presley. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) You know. You ain't nothing but a hound dog, baby. Yeah, I'm saying. Uh, Four scoops of ice cream and six chocolate chip cookies on August 16, 1977, the day he died at age 42. My mother will never get over this stuff. <sighs> I know. <laughs> um, Michael Jackson, spinach salad with chicken breasts. It's jo- very healthy. Well, I guess it didn't really make a difference. John Lennon. Okay, I mean, this one does involve murder, I guess. Um, we got he was murdered. Yeah, sorry. Um, he ate a corned beef sandwich with the plan to eat a proper meal once he returned home before he was murdered by Mark David Chapman. Whitney Houston, hamburger and turkey sandwich with a side of fries, champagne, and Heineken. Jimi Hendrix, a tuna fish sandwich prepared by his girlfriend. Princess Diana, Dover Soul. What's Dover Soul? It's a fish. So it might be Soleil for all I know, but again, whatever. Um, vegetable tempura and a mushroom and asparagus omelet at the Ritz-Carlton Hotel in Paris. Mm. Brittany Murphy. Noodles, leftover Thai food, and Gatorade. God, that sounds like me. Yeah. <laughs> and Ernest Hemingway, before taking his own life, a New York strip steak, baked potato, Caesar salad, and Bordeaux wine. That also sounds like me, minus the wine. Well, so, if you had your choice, what would your last meal be? (sighs) Well, I feel like I would have to have sushi. Sure. For sure, and it'd have to be from Sakura. Shout out. Yeah. Hot fries. Uh Uh-huh. Andy Cap. Andy Cap, hot fries. Hmm. And, hmm, what else? I mean, those are the two things I love the most. Yeah. So, probably that with, like water and like a ginger ale <laughs> i think you're over the 25 dollar limit well the sushi by itself is like 50 oh sure why what's yours oh i don't know um wings oh i gotta put wings in mine too though i guess from wing nuts i guess i'll go with them yeah uh gotta have some beer oh and a pizza Mm, well, if it's the pizza we've been having lately, then 
Well, not that'll, that that'll kill not you. from that point. That'll, that'll kill you. <laughs> if you're concerned with shitting yourself when you die, that Just would have be the that pizza. pizza. <laughs> yeah. But, I don't know, coffee in there? Well, yeah, you drink a pot a day. Because I run on coffee, beer, and chicken wings. Energy drinks? Uh, yeah. Well, yeah. I wouldn't need an energy drink because I'm going to die, so. Yeah, I mean. That would be pointless. That's the, that's the whole lesson of this story is we're all going to die. You know what I mean? Yeah, okay, but if you had to pick which way you would want to die from one of these methods, which would it be? The firing squad. No. Yeah. Why? Because your face is already covered, like it's dark, you know, and then they're doing the countdown and they do it before they hit two anyways, so like you're bracing yourself for one and then fire, but, you know, you don't even hear it get to one, you know what I mean? Because like... I mean, unless they're going to hit me directly in the head, no. Because I only mentioned like one of each method, but, you know, there's been countless botched lethal injections, um, Okay, but what if, the fire, what if the firing squad, what if they literally all missed? Well, then they need to get closer. I don't know. But, you know, like even hanging, it could not, like if it doesn't snap your neck, then you're just hanging there and slowly choking to death. You know what I mean? Yeah, I wouldn't want that one. Um, so I, I mean, that would, seems like it would be the quickest way. But that's about it. That's all I got for you now. So I think we made it through the first one. Finally. <laughs> But cause we're we're about fifty minutes. Wow. But I mean, we're gonna have to cut out some noises and stuff, probably. So. All right. Well, thanks for listening, guys. Yeah. I hope you come back again. All right. Love you. Bye. <laughs>